We are on a series um, called The Table. And uh, if we can put up the series Heart and just doing a quick review here. Um, So the heart of the Table series is that everyone is invited. Everyone, let's say everyone. Everyone. Now I want you to picture someone that you hope is not at your table. That maybe you don't even think belongs at the table in the church. And then I want you to re-say everyone. Everyone is invited to the table to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, what you and I do once we sit down at the table? Well, one, we have to accept the invitation. Two, we have to actually sit down. But what we do with that invitation and once we meet God at the table, we have a freedom of choice. So not everybody stays at the table. But many times what we can do as Christians is once we've been accepted at the table is we forget about the grace. We forget about the impact it had on our lives. And we begin to think, no, they're not ready to come to the table. Not they haven't cleaned up enough to come to the table. Not their past is, or we come up with these reasons, but everyone is invited to the table. So the wins... We remember when we were invited to the table and realized the impact of the invitation, that's our testimony. We remember and embrace what the table of the Lord represents, communion. We realize that as Jesus invited those who were rejected, so he has and is inviting us to his table, accepted. We realize we are God's children, we're loved. We accept the fullness of God's grace at his table, grace. We realize the universal power of inviting others to our table and act on that power by inviting others to our table, our houses, our front porches into into radical hospitality as we've been invited. Hospitality. Okay. Um, One other thing I want to bring up is if you didn't notice, the projector is projecting on a wall. Anybody notice that? Now, a couple things I want you to know is we know that. (laughs) Secondly, you might notice that it's not extremely bright. We notice that too. That is just flat black paint. It is not paint made to project on it. Then why in the world you do it? Exactly. Because that's how we like to do things. No, we are in the process of shifting uh, the projector this way so that we're not looking so high. Um, It'll be kind of tightening in and it will become brighter. So if you're wondering, is this seriously the best they could do? No, it is not. And we just like to set the bar down here so that as we come up, you guys are like, wow, they're pretty good. So just wanted to deal with that elephant in the room. Also, um, a potential other elephant, its second cousin, is um, if you follow the news at all, is COVID cases have been kind of rising in our our county. Um, We've kind of gone from the higher one to the moderate one. What I want to say is if you ever feel like you need to stay home and stream the service, no guilt. 
but you better stream the service, okay? <laughs> Secondly, if you feel like you need to come in and you wanna wear a mask, I want you to know that you're not gonna be judged as lacking faith, living in fear, or anything like that, okay? If you do not want to give me a big bear hug or shake my hand, just as I'm walking towards you, just put out a fist. And I know we're not getting in a fight. You're just saying you'd rather do that or put out your elbow and we'll respect it. We are family and as family, we all have different um, immune systems and we have different things going on in our lives. What I want you to know is we wanna honor you and we wanna respect you at where you're at and we would never want those things to keep you from coming and tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Okay? Okay. So this message was very announcement heavy. All right, if you can turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. We're going to read verse 5 through 18. Um, so title in this, the table of perspective and really looking at when we come to the table, the idea is that when we come to the table, we are reminded, we get the right perspective of things in our life. So let's, uh, we'll read this together here. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And so he's saying, we don't go around preaching for ourselves. We, we, we preach about Jesus. And he's telling them, and we're your servants. We're here to serve for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God. So I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with, raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, how many dying bodies do we got in the room? 
our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. How many large troubles do we got in here? I mean, I'm not saying you're the trouble. I'm just saying how many of you feel like you got it? But here's the deal. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The table, when we come back to the table, we get perspective. There's a lot of perspective in what we just read. What it does is it anchors us. It reminds us because it is so easy for you and I to get distracted by life, to get pulled down by whatever's going on. And it seems because it it feels so real and heavy in the moment that we forget our perspective of what Jesus is doing. In verse five, looking at this kind of section by section, it says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus's sake. So when we go around, we're not talking about our accomplishments. You know, if if you were gonna go invite your neighbor over for some radical hospitality and you wanted them to encounter the presence of Jesus, please do not tell them how amazing you are. Don't, don't, we, we don't start talking about all of um, our accolades or all these things. What do we do? We talk about who Jesus is in us, what he's done in us, but not just what he's done in the past. We don't wanna live in the past because God is a God of the past, but he's a God of the now and he's a God of the future. And it's so easy for us to kind of have a, an old testimony. We think our testimony is just the time that we came to Jesus. Well, I came to Jesus around five years of age. Like I said, I'm 44. That means I got 39 years of encountering Jesus. And my testimony from this last week should be just as powerful as any other time. Because as long as I'm truly still going to Jesus and saying, I just want to be where you are. I wanna be in your presence. I want you to come change and mold me. He's gonna continue to do that. Verse six, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. How many of you ever feel like you're a fragile clay pot? You got some chips, you've been dropped, you're cracked. There's an there's a old kind of proverb, if you will, from India about a guy that would carry, he would go get water. He had a, a stick and two clay pots hanging from each end and he would carry these pots after he'd get the water and he'd he'd come back and he would just enjoy the time and he was just always kind of in a good mood and 
he, he would come back and he, and he would use the water for whatever he needed. One pot would be totally full, still containing all the water. The other one had gone down to about a quarter because it had cracks in it. One day that pot's asking him and feeling sorry for itself because it's like, I'm all beat up. I'm all cracked. I'm worthless. When we get back to the property, there's only about a quarter of water in me. You should just get rid of me. You should, you should get a new pot that can, that can really carry the water. The guy says, no, you're missing the point. You know, when we walk, you see all those beautiful flowers along the road, on the side of the road. It's my favorite walk. He's like, you have a very distinct purpose. As we walk, you water those flowers along the road. You know, we can be like the pot where we look at a pot that, that's all full and we say, I need to be like that one. It has a better voice. It's more articulate. It makes more money. Uh, you know, it lives in a better house. It, it, whatever it is. I like its children better than I like my own. <laughs> Who knows what it is, okay? Is we look at it and we, and we, we begin to, in one sense, we're coveting it. But in another sense, what we're doing is we're comparing and we're saying, I'm less than. But you know what? This right here, it's saying how it's not about how perfect our pot is. It's about what is shining through it. So where those cracks are in your life and in my life, where those broken parts are, those chips are, it's an opportunity for Jesus, the power of God to shine through and reveal himself to others. There's so much power when we realize who we are. Because in our brokenness, God can shine through. I'll tell you what, today I feel like a massive broken pot. And I don't know how many of you do, but there's something about coming and just saying, Lord, I want to be where you are. God, I love, I love, I love your presence. Yes. You know, if we walk out with that attitude and we go about our week this week with that attitude of Jesus, I just want to be where you are. You could be all messed up. You could have shaved one side of your head and messed up the other. Or I, didn't, I almost wanted to say and not the other, but I know there's people that purposely do that and I don't want you to think I'm talking down on you. So I stopped myself and I didn't say it, okay? So it didn't happen. <laughs> Whatever it is, if we go through our week with that attitude, Jesus gets to shine through. Amen. And what people see is the precious, valuable gift that actually isn't you and me. It's the good news that's inside of us. And it's shining through. Verse eight, we are pressed on every side by troubles. This is where everyone's like, uh-huh, amen. Come on. So as I read this, you just, you agree along with me and uh, we get, we'll get a little lively here. We are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. No, we're not. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. No way. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Now, 
here's the thing we got to remember about this. It's easy to read a verse like this in our Bible and read it and say, okay, I'm pressed on every side by troubles, but I am not crushed. Man, I really feel crushed right now. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. I am full of despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned. I can't find him, so I feel totally abandoned. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Everything in my life is gone and has fallen to pieces. I feel destroyed through suffering. But here's the thing. The caveat to this is, are we going to where Jesus is? Just because we have a one-time encounter and just because we read the words off of the pages, if we're not following what Christ has called us to, if we're not following his example, if we're not following his leading, if you and I aren't getting up and actually going to where he is, we will feel the despair. We will feel abandoned. We will, but that's actually not the reality. The reality is that he's always with us. The reality is that he's here. The reality is that even though in this moment it feels that way, that our life, our faith is in eternity. All right, verse 11. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. That's encouraging. So that the life of Jesus, and, and you know, that's a great way to evangelize. So if you sign up for the evangel- evangelism team, make sure you wear that on your t-shirt and uh, it will draw everybody. <laughs> so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. The second you and I are born, we begin to die. That's the encouraging quote today. <laughs> But we can spend so much time trying to keep ourselves alive, keep ourselves from aging, keep ourselves from everythinging. And, uh, but our bodies do begin to fail. Things do begin to go wrong. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies so we live in the face of death but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But, but, everybody say but. but. Sorry, kids, if you're not allowed to say that, this one only has one T, so you're not disobeying. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith as the psalmist uh, had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Even though we come up against things, even though our bodies begin to die and things fall apart and things don't go the way we want to. We don't, our faith isn't in today. Our faith isn't in here and now. Our faith is in eternity. Our faith is in where God wants us to go. And so we gotta keep our perspective not on this right here, but on where's he taking us? 
And this is only a moment. How many of you ever been through something and it feels like in like five minutes, it felt like three years? And you maybe reacted in a way you shouldn't have. And then you look back a couple days later and you're like, yeah, I know that was a bad moment, but huh, I don't think I had to do what I did. Anybody like me in that? We get our eyes fixed on the moment. We get our eyes fixed on whatever we're experiencing. Going to the table reminds us to get our attention that it's not just, yeah, we want to be obedient here on earth. But he is calling us to something greater. And as he raised Jesus Christ from the dead, so he's going to raise you and I. All right, last part here, verse 16. That. So he just went through all this stuff. Everybody say that. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, another encouraging word, our spirits are being renewed every day. It's an interesting thing that our clay pots, no matter what you do, no matter how much you try to oil them, no matter the the bookcase that you put your clay pot on, no matter what you do to try to protect it, it is going to fall apart. We will always lose that battle. It will begin to fall apart. But it says, even though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Isn't that weird that on the outside, we can begin to fall apart a little bit more and a little bit more. We can't move like we totally used to. I have this weird thing where I have no back issues at all during the day, nothing. If I lay down on my bed, my back seizes up. Weirdest thing. Maybe you know what it is and you're gonna recommend I eat celery five times a day and they'll all go away. Thank you, I appreciate it. (laughs) But things start happening. But you know what's supposed to happen as that happens is our spirits are actually supposed to being renewed. And there's new life coming. It's actually supposed to start shining more and more. It gets brighter and brighter. And we begin to look to eternity. I don't know if you've ever seen someone die who's excited to go to heaven. It is one of the most beautiful things ever. Just the the powerful impact it has because they're not fixated on this moment. They, 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 They have the reality you and I should be living today with. They begin to encounter the presence of Jesus and they just want to be where he is. And they look at their body in pain or they look at their body in suffering and they're just so excited about what they're going to. They're not focused on this. Their spirit is being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. That doesn't mean that if your bank account is really low, that just come next week. We're not talking about an earthly very long because five minutes is very long if you're me. No, it's saying this time on earth is short. It won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. 
So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things we cannot, that cannot be seen. That's our faith in Jesus. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. My challenge for all of us is that we remember to come to the table with perspective. And that when our perspective gets off, we remind ourselves of who Jesus is. We remind ourselves of what the table represents. We remind ourselves that we are broken clay pots. But through those cracks, through that brokenness, that something more precious than a perfect clay pot, something more powerful than one that has zero flaws, is the light that shines through, is the power of God in your and I's life that shines through.